Welcome to the Permission to Be You podcast. This podcast is designed to inspire you, to push you, perhaps to even provoke you into giving yourself permission to be who you are, to show up in any given moment as you are, even if it's messy. I am convinced with every single fiber in my body that when we do this, we automatically or unconsciously give others permission to do the same. I'm Diane Schwierep and I'm your host. As usual, my guest today is someone that I've never met in person. I know her through mostly through our interactions on Facebook. I don't know much about her. It's not my style to research. All I know is that I resonate with her on many levels and she strikes me as someone who, who gives herself permission to be who she is. She shows up. Without further ado, my guest today is Elizabeth Lovius. Is that the way I should pronounce it? Yes. Okay. Welcome. I'm really excited to have you here today and thank you for accepting my invitation. Could you start by saying so that because I, I, my, my, my introduction is sketchy, I, I, I didn't say much about you. Could you tell us where you're from, what you do, what lights you up? Just as an introduction. Go ahead. Okay, so uh, about me. I am born in Australia uh, 57 years ago to Dutch parents, first born in a family of four girls and the first grandchild of what was going to be 23 grandchildren. So big family. I have, I was the first one in, um, my mother was one of the eldest. I was the first grandchild. So I had uh, eight uncles and aunties who doted on me. So I was kind of born into uh, a community, a tribe. Mm. And I think that's really formed who I am. But I left the tribe. I left the tribe when I was 25 years old because I was called to sort of, I suppose what I would say now as an older woman would be I was called to truth, what was true. I had to go beyond the comfort of, of what I knew and the safety and the love and the ease and the belonging to, I had to and the church, because I was brought up in a religious background, I had to go beyond that to find what was true for me. And the only way I could do that was to leave. And it wasn't like I hated my family and I had to leave them. It was just there was something truer calling me. And truly, at age 25, I left and I never lived in Australia again, which is quite something because not very many people in my family did that. So, you know, a little, I don't want to say black sheep, but, you know, wandering sheep. <laughs> mm. So that, that's really, I think, part of my story and my story of being a seeker. And what I discovered in that, in that sort of three month travel, I went overland from Kathmandu to London on a bus with 20 other people. Went through all those countries. I, I went to Syria, Jordan, Israel. I had tea with the Mujahideen on the border of Afghanistan. You know, I, I was in Pakistan and India and Greece and Turkey. And I, I went through all these different cultures and religions. And I discovered something in that journey, in that process about being human. And I discovered that we're, two things are true. 
absolutely true. We're all really different. We're all got unique cultural contacts, unique stories, unique rights, unique beliefs, everything. So we're all really different. And I, and I don't just mean cultures are different. I mean, all, you know, nearly 8 billion of us are, are different in our own experience. But also, paradoxically, we're all the same. And I learned that very young. And that has stand, stood me in good stead because I know there's a place where you and I, whoever you are, I can meet you. There's this Roman slave called Terence. And he was, um, he said something like this. No human thing is alien to me because I am human. I can meet anybody in their human experience because, because it comes down to fear, rage, joy, gratitude, anxiety, shame, guilt. I can meet you there. And I think everyone can meet you there. We, we, the circumstance, the cause or, or the seeming cause, very different. But the experience, um, yeah, I can meet you there. Yeah. The reaction, very different. Some people yeah. can, can have fear and be okay with it. Some people don't want to feel fear. But the experience itself, I can meet you there. And I think that's something I learned quite young and I know to be true. There are two things that struck me. Um, there are a few things that struck me. In fact, I was silent for a <laughs> I was just listening and absorbing. As we said before we started this conversation, I'm a sucker for stories. I think people identify and resonate with, with identify with any story. We make it our own and then we can learn or we don't hear anything at all. That's not up to us. You said that you left your tribe. You had eight uncles and eight eight doting uncles and aunts. You were born yeah. into a Christian family and you had to leave. I got a sense that you were stifled. Is that true? Did I hear that correctly? Uh, that you felt stifled. I was, I, I want to say the call to adventure was very loud. I, I really, really want to say that the call to adventure, to experience life, to travel the world, was really loud. I want to say that was the primary motivation. I'm very clear on that. But was I? But did I feel that I belonged in that world fully? No. So in that sense, yeah. And I'm a quiet character. I'm full on. I'm extrovert. I'm a lot. A, a lot of energy comes out of me. I've got a lot of energy. Um, these are things I've come to, to recognize over the years and, and through feedback and, and, and noticing. But when I was young, I didn't know that. I was just being me, right? I was often given the message too much. Mm. And I know you can relate to that. Too much in some way or not right in some way, mm. not conforming in some way. You know, my mum used to say, she still says, if you're happy, we're all happy. And if you're upset, we're all upset. You know, there was this kind of influence I had on those around me, unwitting. But now I understand it more. And I think stifled yeah if you've got a tornado you, you you don't want to feel that tornado you want to stifle the tornado right yeah. um so so there is something to what you're saying when you mean tornado i yes of course i i identify and resonate with someone telling me you're too much 
And if we can adopt that as the truth and we carry it around into our, yeah. Could you give us a story about, because you use the word tornado, which feels as if someone called you a tornado. And so you, you might have tried to, what's the word you use? To grab the tornado, which is impossible, and put it in a can and block it up. But what happens if you do that with a tornado, it will explode. Mm. So I'm wondering if, if, if you ever felt, if it ever stopped you doing anything. I mean, ultimately you left because the tornado couldn't be held. Is there a story? I mean... Well, no, because in this group of eight uncles and aunties, I was, my mother was one of the eldest, so I had young aunties and uncles who were like 10 or 12 years older than me. And there was one aunt and she was, she would, I didn't call her auntie. She was Nell and she was 10 years older than me. And she saw me. She didn't have any story about who I needed to be. Yeah. She just loved me. And I worshipped her because I was a young woman, young girl, looking at this sort of 18 year old ahead of me and just loving everything she was and did. And she was twinkly and sparkly and affectionate and things that I didn't perceive my own mother to be in although my mother can be like that I didn't experience that at that time in my life my mother was busy raising four kids let's she was busy (laughs) working raising four kids so she wasn't twinkly and sparkly with us as much but my aunt Nell just was and so I got this antidote of being truly seen by my aunts and and appreciated for who I was I think the religion, I would, would say I felt stifled by, but not the people. They would use the religion. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was very blessed. No one I don't think ever called me a tornado. That would be my, my just characterisation in this moment. Mm. But I will say that when I had heart-to-heart with my sister, probably, yeah, probably when she was dying, which was about five years ago, but we we stuff and you you have the real talks I didn't know this but she felt when she went to high school she was known as Elizabeth's sister I think Mm. my energy stifled others a bit because I was willful and focused on my own thoughts and feelings I just I you know what I want to say now 57 is you know innocent little me was just being a high energy being and not really aware of the impact I think that's the truth of it. And different people dealt with that differently. You know, my mother wanted to contain it and control it. Mm. My sister felt dimmed by it and my aunt enjoyed it. I was just being me. Mm. And did did it stop me? Can I just answer the second question? Yes, of course. No. (laughs) It didn't didn't stop you because that was... The joy in me is too strong. I would get, I would give it, I would throw it out there, then I'd get really hurt. But I wouldn't, couldn't ever not be me. Yes, because as soon as we came online, I, I, I experienced, I mean, I have seen you on, on Zoom calls before when you hosted Bill Pettit, and I felt your energy. But now today, we're alone in a room. And I, as soon as I saw you, I told you, radiating something really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now, as an empath, I feel that I absorb that and I can easily put the blame on you, but I know that it's, so that was, was going to be my question. You never felt the inkling to 
to try and dampen yourself so that you won't hurt others. Oh, no, I did. You did? Oh, yeah. But it was clever. It was subtle. It was, I, what I did was I channeled that energy that we've just described, that joyous energy Mm -hmm. or whatever that is, into what I thought would be acceptable. So I didn't sell out on it. I channeled it. But that came at a big cost, which I start to see more and more as, you know, as we grow and learn, we, we, we get, you know, we get wiser and we see more. And, and I became very focused on achievement. Aha. Mm. Uh-huh. Okay. So I'm really good at making shit happen. <laughs> what was the cost? You try to compensate and channeling your energy, this, this explosion that I feel into achieving things so that you won't impact others? Is, am I understanding it correctly? Well, then I would get, you know, I mean, I, in the simplest terms, everything comes back to the same thing. It's always about getting love. It's about giving love and it's about getting love, everything. Well, getting validation and recognition, I imagine. So that you experience love. You yeah. know, it's always love, always yeah. love. To simplify it, I can see now, although I wouldn't have said it at the time, that I was doing be seen as great things i was achieving i was focused on achieving things that i considered would be great things in other people's minds oh wow that's what i did pretty well and in a way it paid off because you've you were able you've you've been helping hundreds of people so so i don't actually you know i think Whatever happens, whatever we do, somehow, even though it doesn't seem right, it is the right thing to do. Perfect. I, I, I choose it all. I can see the perfection in it all and the innocence. But you asked me what's the cost, and I, I think yeah. it's important for me to, to say, yes, I choose it all. I choose all my achievements mm-hmm. because I can see that they have all taken, led me here. And I can see that I've literally worked with thousands of people. I work as a leadership coach, consultant, and change maker. I have a couple of social enterprises, all sorts of people, uh, you know, young people, all sorts. So I've really kind of taken this, this drive, you could say, and mm-hmm. put it into being a force for good. So, so I choose all of that and everything I've ever done has helped me get here and the cost whilst innocent whilst ever i was doing what i was doing to get somewhere to get love to get peace to get security it was there was a drive in it mm. and that drive isn't peaceful mm. so i created habits of can do habits problem solving habits makes you happen habits taking responsibility habits saying yes to everything habits. So, so these become habits. Now, nothing wrong with any one of those things. But when they're a habit and you're blind to it, they, they're driving the train, those habits, not you, not your essence. And so that's the cost. The cost is that. And I think anybody listening who's a driver will know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> the other word that's, word that struck me in the beginning of this conversation was I knew I had, there was a different truth 
or there was a truth that I was seeking. Can you talk to us about that? Oh my God, I'd love to talk to you about that. I remember sitting in church, I was probably 13, because there was a lot of church, <laughs> a lot of praying, a lot of church, a lot of rules. And I remember thinking, okay, but babies are born in Africa and they don't know about Christianity. I, I don't know how that can be sinful. That does, that does not work. That's mm. not working. <laughs> it can't be true. Like it just, and I started to get a, a sense for truth when I heard it when it deeply and then something else like rules or what people said was true, but I knew wasn't. Mm. And I kind of was interested in this first one and less interested in this second one. And the only way I could do that was to kind of leave my religion because that was absolute. And the travels, I mean, I just fell in love with, I've, I've met Hinduism, Buddhism, I didn't, you know, Islam, I, I, I met people who believed in, and I saw a truer thing than the religion. I saw God being expressed and I met, I could see that as true, like this higher order of expression mm -hmm. that everybody, and so I kind of, that, I knew that that was what I was interested in, the kind of aggregation, where everything met, where everything is included. Yeah. That was my quest. Where can I meet everything and everyone? You know, I'm inspiring myself now because I know that's who I am and what I'm interested in. And one of the things I've come to do lately in my work, which I was just literally thinking about it in the shower today, why is that so important to people? But it, it just is, is, is to express, and this is really relevant to our podcast, mm. all is welcome. All of you is welcome, the shadow and the light, the difference and the place where we're the same. All of it is welcome, just like all the trees in the forest have a place. The little fern can't be the big oak tree, but they're both part of the whole. Yeah. And I just love that. I love where they are all the same and I love where they're, the fern's doing their thing, needing their condition special conditions and the oak is doing their thing and they work together. I just, I really love that all of you, all of us, it is part of the whole. And that's what I mean by looking my quest for truth. Hmm. There is no separation is what you're saying. I think that's what I'm understanding. Yeah. Well, the paradox is there seems to be and yet there yes. is. Yes. Yes. My eyes deceive me into, into thinking and believing that you and I are separate. But at the same time, we are human. So the point of living is to live. That's the point of life. There's, there's, I don't think, I mean, people are busy talking about purpose. I think the life's biggest purpose is to live it. I, I, I would say the best I've, I've examined that question mm -hmm. in all my life. And mm -hmm. I think the best I've got is enjoy enjoy life yeah that's it enjoy life i have a last question because i think you're so you share so freely you you i didn't have i didn't have to ask many questions <laughs> it tumbles out <laughs> 
I think you've described what's already what what permission to be you means. What does it mean? What does permission to you to be you mean to you? Yeah, it's a lovely question. And what comes from, up for me is an is kind of an irony, because in reality, in in actual reality, if we're looking not at the technique, we're not looking at what what I think, if we look at reality, there is no me. There's hmm. just being. There's just? Being. Being. Just being fully in this moment, life living me. Hmm. There's no thinking about before, after, next, how am I doing? None of that. That's just absent. And then in the absence of all of that, there's just being free to be. And there is no need for permission, really, because it's already being. I think it's the questioning that, that yeah. makes it messy. You got it. It's the questioning. It's the not wanting to feel emotions. Yeah. resistance that yeah. that is what stops us from yeah. living from allowing life to live through us but many people i don't think uh, with all, I, i'm sorry i don't mean to insult anyone i don't think i think this the sentence or the phrase letting life live us is very foreign it's a it's a difficult thing to capture in one's mind what do you mean life living me it's like how, how so but I don't want to go, and go into that realm of our discussion because then it will become very philosophical. Well, you know, just in a very practical, because I am a practical girl, mm -hmm. in a very practical way, I just, you know, a simple way to sort of express it is you, there is no attention on anything other than the moment. Yeah. Your attention isn't on what's wrong with you or who you need to be, or who you should be, or what's going to happen next week that you need to deal with, or whatever it is. It's just your attention. Your attention is here mm -hmm. now, and there's no judgment in it. Mm. And, and then if, you. Yeah, and if there is judgment, that's where this, it becomes sticky. Right. And we're innocent, you know. We, we've yeah. got habits of judging. We've got habits. Judging to a certain degree is important because otherwise we just cross the road when a car is passing by. Well, you think you'd think that was true, really? and yet, and yet, we have within a compass, a guide, wisdom that will stop us from standing in front of a, a car. Common sense. It it arises in the moment to meet the needs of the moment. Okay, let's not go there because I'm going to start <laughs> a full discussion. I don't want to go there, but. It's interesting. Elizabeth, it's been wonderful. I'm wondering if there's anything you want to add to this really, really wonderful, sparkly conversation. Well, now you've got me going because, like, what, what do you want to not want to get into? <laughs> but that's, <laughs> we don't need to do that. We don't, I don't need to do that. What would I like to add? What I really, what really strikes me is what a great interviewer you are at giving somebody space and permission to be them. And I think it's your superpower. So that's really what I'd like to add. And I feel 
satisfied with with what I've said. So that's because of the listening that you provide. So thank you for that. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thanks for your time. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, may I ask you to share this podcast with as many friends as possible. The intention of this podcast is to impact as many people as possible, to inspire them, to give themselves permission to show up as they are, warts and all. In the meantime, may I invite you to go to my website, butv.com, go to the homepage and subscribe to the podcast. That way you will be kept up to date. Bye for now.